What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the career of actor Tom Hardy and the movie On the Count of Three. First, let's talk about the career of actor Tom Hardy. Hardy began his career with small roles in Ridley Scott's war film Black Hawk Down, Matthew Vaughn's Layer Cake with Daniel Craig, followed by parts in Sofia Coppola's Marie Antoinette and Guy Ritchie's Rock and Rolla. The role that gained Hardy a lot of tension was 2008's Bronson, where he played infamous criminal Charles Bronson. The film was directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, who would go on to direct Ryan Gosling in the movie Drive. The first time I personally saw Tom Hardy was in 2010's Inception, along with Leonardo DiCaprio, Elliot Page, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Killian Murphy, Marion Cotillard, Ken Watanabe, and Michael Caine. The film was the first time he worked with director Christopher Nolan. Hardy would go on to work with the director again on 2012's The Dark Knight Rises with Christian Bale and Hathaway, where he played Bane, and we all heard the polarizing Bane voice, and in 2017 he had a supporting role in Nolan's Dunkirk, where he played a pilot. Hardy is a very interesting actor in that there is a lot of people who have strong thoughts and feelings on where his career has gone. After seeing him in Inception, many people viewed him as a future charming movie star, but Hardy has taken a completely different career path, mostly doing crazy not always effective accents in the films Lawless in 20. 12, that same year he was Bane, 2018's Venom, that's the Hardy voice performance I personally find the most annoying, and in 2020's Capone, there are still people out there who think Hardy will become a traditional movie star, and I don't see that happening. He's not going to play James Bond. There are a lot of people disappointed in the choices Hardy has made as an actor. Almost every actor gives the people what they want, not Tom Hardy, and I respect him for that. I think the turning point for Tom Hardy as an actor was in 2012's This Mean War, where he co-starred with Reese Witherspoon and Chris Pine. That was him trying to be a movie star the same way that Chris Pine is a movie star, and it didn't work out. There are plenty of movie stars like Chris Pine. There are very few people who give wild, crazy performances like Tom Hardy. One of the things I love about Hardy is his willingness to play supporting characters. One of my favorite of his is Alfie in Peaky Blinders. Every one of his scenes with Killian Murphy on that show are acting masterclass. He also worked with Peaky Blinders creator Stephen Knight on the movie Locke, which is just Hardy alone in a car talking on the phone and the TV series Taboo. We always talk about how superhero movies have taken over the culture. What we don't talk about enough is that they are seemingly always starring British actors. Henry Cavill plays Superman, Benedict Cumberbatch Doctor Strange, Robert Pattinson Batman, Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland are Spider-Man, Tom Hiddleston is Loki, Charlie Cox is Daredevil, and Tom Hardy has played both Bane and Venom. And I really don't know why this is. Is it because American actors are turning down these roles and British actors are just more willing to play these comic book characters? Tom Holland was famously picked over Timothy Chalamet to play Spider-Man. And this pattern of British actors playing comic book characters is not slowing down. Aaron Taylor Johnson is about to play the Spider-Man villain Craven in his own film and actor Will Poulter is 
is playing Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. The British invasion of comic book movies continues. And even before he was Venom, Tom Hardy was almost Rick Flagg in the Suicide Squad movies. That's another thing about Tom Hardy is he doesn't want to play a regular superhero. He wants to play the villain in Bane and then the anti-hero in Venom. My favorite Tom Hardy performance is in the movie Warrior with Joel Edgerton. In this film, his character Tommy went AWOL from the army and enters an MMA tournament where he ends up fighting his estranged brother played by Edgerton. This is one of the best sports movies of all time and Hardy is a monster in it. It's crazy that the performance that was Oscar nominated came from Nick Nolte. It should have been Hardy. He's never been better in a movie. I mean I put this up there with one of the best sports movies of the 2010s. It's right up there with Moneyball. I mean on paper the movie is really corny. I mean, two brothers fighting in an MMA tournament, but then when you watch the movie, it's incredible, and it never feels corny whatsoever. It also wasn't a huge hit at the time, but now it's looked back on fondly. I think some of that also has to do with the fact that Tom Hardy has raised in stature, and so has Joel Edgerton, but the movie really does hold up. I think it is a sports movie masterpiece. It's also one of those movies where you say the actor in it is irreplaceable. There is no one I could imagine playing the role Tommy other than Tom Hardy and you can't say that often you watch movies and you go any actor could have played that role not with Warrior that needed to be Tom Hardy the most underrated performance of Hardy's career is crazy to say is as Max in Mad Max Fury Road everyone praises Charlize Theron for leading this movie as Furiosa and all that praise is deserved but I also feel like Hardy is incredible in the movie it's hard to be interesting with very little dialogue and Hardy brilliantly pulls it off. The more I watch this movie, the more impressed with Hardy's performance I become. I desperately want Tom Hardy to play Max again at some point in his career. I know the Furiosa movie is coming, but I want Tom Hardy to return as Mad Max. That's the franchise I want Hardy to carry. As good as I think the Venom movies are, and they are good, Mad Max Fury Road is one of the best action movies of all time, and I wish there was a trilogy of Tom Hardy playing Mad Max. I also think maybe one of the reasons we don't have a sequel to this movie is, yeah, it only made $400 million at the box office, but a bigger reason is, maybe Tom Hardy was not the best scene partner to Charlize Theron. They famously did not get along on the set of this movie. I am reading the book about the making of Mad Max Fury Road, and it sounds like even Hardy himself is willing to admit he wasn't the most pleasant of leading men in that film. If you want to read that book, the book is called Blood, Sweat, and Chrome, The Wild and True Story of Mad Max Fury Road by author Kyle Buchanan. I highly recommend you check it out. One of the things that upsets me most about Hardy's career is his lone Oscar nomination came in 2015 for The Revenant. I think he should have been nominated for Inception and Warrior. It's hard to predict that another nomination is on the way because he seems locked in to playing Eddie Brock in the Venom movies and being weird in movies like Capone, like those movies don't get you Oscar nominations, but I really wish we could go back in time and give him nominations for Warrior and Inception. It's crazy that none of the acting performances in Inception was Oscar nominated. Like, I love Tom Hardy in the movie, I also love Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the movie, and together they are perfect. Two of my all-time favorite supporting acting performances. In that film, Tom Hardy has the iconic line, you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. 
darling. That moment alone deserves an Oscar nomination. The best year of Hardy's career is in 2015 where he starred in Mad Max Fury Road, arguably the best action film ever, received his first Oscar nomination for The Revenant, and that year he played dual leading roles in the movie Legend, playing twin crime bosses Ronnie and Reggie Cray. Hardy's next role will be in director Gareth Evans' sci-fi film Havoc along with Forrest Whitaker and Timothy Oliphant. Directors I want Tom Hardy to work with. Hardy has worked with Leonardo DiCaprio on a Nolan film and an Alejandro Iñárritu film. I would love the pair to work together again on a Martin Scorsese film or a Quentin Tarantino movie. The early parts of Hardy's career was filled with great filmmakers. Christopher Nolan, Nicholas Winning Refn, Alejandro Iñárritu, George Miller. The last few years of Hardy's career are lacking movies with great filmmakers. He hasn't worked with Christopher Nolan since 2017. Like, I just want great actors to work with the very best directors, and I don't think Tom Hardy is doing that lately. Tom Hardy is fascinating in that there are fans of his from his earlier days, and there are fans of his work on Venom, and they are divided in what they want from Tom Hardy. He will not be able to please everyone, so it's going to be really interesting to see where his career goes from here. I bet he's going to continue to play Venom, upsetting the people who loved him in Inception. You can never rule out anything with Tom Hardy, but I will rule out him being James Bond. I will say he would make an incredible Bond villain. There are three actors in the 2010s who I find endlessly interesting, and they are Tom Hardy, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Michael Fassbender. They all blew up in a massive way. They all showed up in really big movies, and then they all had down periods, if you will. Like Benedict Cumberbatch, it didn't seem like Cumberbatch was going to ever get another Oscar nomination, and then he starred in The Power of the Dog, and he's now back, and he's in a big, massive Doctor Strange movie. Benedict Cumberbatch has become relevant again. It looks like Michael Fassbender is going to become relevant again. He's going to star in movies directed by Taika Waititi and David Fincher. So again, I think there's a strong chance we will be talking about Michael Fassbender's big second act. I don't know if we will ever be able to say the same thing about Tom Hardy because there are people out there who saying he's never fallen off. He's the star of these massive Venom movies. I think Hardy's last critical hit was Dunkirk. I want to see him become relevant again in a prestige movie. I want to watch a movie and go Tom Hardy is an incredible actor. This may be positive thinking, but I think in the next decade, Tom Hardy will get his second Oscar nomination. Here's a list of noteworthy performances given by Tom Hardy. Bronson, Inception, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, The Dark Knight Rises, Lawless Lock, Mad Max Fury Road, Legend, The Revenant, and Dunkirk. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie On the Count of Three. Here's a quick synopsis. Val, a man dealing with depression, breaks his best friend Kevin from a psychiatric ward while both are dealing with suicidal thoughts and the two agree to spend one last day together before taking each other's lives. The film stars Gerard Carmichael, Christopher Abbott, Tiffany Haddish, J.B. Smoove, and Henry Winkler. Standout performances. I've been a big fan of Gerard Carmichael since I saw him in the Seth Rogen, Zac Efron-led comedy Neighbors. I've watched his stand-up specials 2014's Love at the Store and 2018's 8. I am also a massive fan of his short-lived NBC sitcom The Carmichael Show from 2015 to 2017. He created and co-starred along with Lil Rel Howery and Tiffany Haddish before they were super well-known. Amber Stevens West 
Loretta Devine and David Allen Greer. In the show, Carmichael dealt with subject matters ignored by most modern sitcoms, such as protesting guns, infidelity, and gentrification. One of the best episodes of the series is when Carmichael tackles the Bill Cosby controversy and asks the question, can you separate the art from the artist? TV needs sitcoms like this. I highly recommend you go back and watch the show if you haven't. 2022 has been the biggest year of Carmichael's career yet. Last month, his third stand-up special was released, Rathaniel, where he revealed to the world he's gay. It's one of the most brutally honest stand-up sets I've ever seen. What I love about his stand-up is he puts the microscope on himself and his own personal feelings about himself. I love comics who joke about pop culture topics, but very few talk about themselves and their own personal thoughts the way Carmichael does. I implore you to watch Rathaniel. The 35-year-old comic bears his soul. He also hosted Saturday Night Live for the first time, and now he not only stars in On the Count of Three, he directed the film, and it's a very confident directorial debut. Also, as an actor, he's doing something completely different than what he's known for, which is mainly comedic relief. Not in this. There's hints of that in this film, but this is a more complicated character for Carmichael to portray. The HBO show Girls has produced major stars in both Lena Dunham and Adam Driver. The one who not nearly enough people talk about, though, is Christopher Abbott. Since he left the show, he's shown his incredible range in the 2015 drama James White, the 2017 horror film It Comes at Night. In 2019, he starred in the Hulu series Catch-22, based on the classic novel. In 2020, he starred in a trio of films, the sci-fi horror film Possessor, the comedy drama Black Bear, and the period piece drama The World to Come. His character in this film on the count of three is both tremendously sad and funny. It's a heartbreaking performance given by Christopher Abbott. The interesting thing about Abbott and Carmichael as co-stars is their contrasting acting styles. Abbott is super intense while Carmichael is laid back and the two styles together were super effective in the movie. They have legitimate chemistry. That's one of Christopher Abbott's biggest strengths as an actor. He's able to be super intense and for that not to distract away from the movie itself. Even though Abbott and Carmichael have different acting styles, they somehow both feel like they're still in the same movie and that's not always the case. Carmichael and Abbott both have roles in the upcoming film Poor Things directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. I can't wait to see them in a Lanthimos film. The director previously made The Lobster with Colin Farrell and Rachel Weisz, The Killing of a Sacred Deer with Barry Keoghan, Nicole Kidman, Rafi Cassidy and Colin Farrell, and The Favorite with Emma Stone, Olivia Colman, Rachel Weisz, and Nicholas Holt. Poor Things is written by Tony McNamara, the co-writer of The Favorite, and the creator and writer of the Hulu series The Great. What I really liked about the movie On the Count of Three was the consistent tone. The movie knew what it was and never strayed from it. You don't see that a lot with a lot of first-time filmmakers, but with Carmichael, he knows the movie he's making. You can tell a lot of thought went into the movie, and some might look at the movie's sensitive topic and avoid the movie. There are films that exploit heady subject matter, but not once did I feel that way about this movie while watching it. And that's the amazing thing about Gerard Carmichael. He's able to talk about these topics on screen while not feeling preachy. I mean, sometimes you watch movies about these subject matters and you're like, they tell you how to feel about them. Gerard Carmichael never tells you how to feel about the topic of feeling suicidal. He just makes a movie about characters 
going through it. You don't feel like you're being preached to or that he's an expert who has all of the answers about this topic. Personally, I think the modern comedian can no longer just be funny. They also have to be thoughtful and thought-provoking and I think that's what Carmichael is. He doesn't just go for cheap laughs and in that way, I would put him in a category with Bo Burnham who directed the movie 8th Grade, his own special Inside, which is brilliant, and Carmichael's last two stand-up specials, 8 and Rathaniel. Donald Glover with Atlanta. I also love Rami Youssef. I just started watching his sitcom Rami. These guys are not just in it for laughs. And during this time period, we need more comedians like them. All four comedians reflect where we are as a culture. I also think in the case of Burnham and Donald Glover in particular, they are looking at the very thing that made them famous in the first place. They are being introspective about their fame. We used to never see that from famous comedians. They would just accept their fame and move along with their lives. No, Bo Burnham is actually looking inside the internet culture that made him famous. Donald Glover is looking at the rap world that made him famous as Childish Gambino. Gerard Carmichael is looking at the culture that made him famous. That's another thing I love about these three. They are taking risk while they are already famous. Bo Burnham is super famous. Donald Glover is super famous. Gerard Carmichael is famous. He's not as famous as the other two, but he's famous enough, yet they are willing to take risk for their art. That's what I think it's about. Carmichael once turned down the opportunity to be in the show New Girls to do his own sitcom. The man does not care about being famous. He cares about the content, and New Girls is a very good sitcom. But if he were in that, he would have been a supporting character. Instead, he gets his own sitcom and gets to do his own thing and gets to say things about society that he wants to say. Gerard Carmichael has a purpose, and that is something I feel like not a lot of comedians have. They lack purpose. I think that's why comedians are in a rough place. I think that's why sitcoms are in a bad place. They are trying to do what has already been done. While these four guys I'm talking about, Gerard Carmichael, Bo Burnham, Donald Glover, and Rami Youssef, are trying to do different things. They are trying to do their own things. That's why they are successful. They are different. They are not conforming to the culture. Overall, On the Count of Three is a strong debut for Carmichael as a filmmaker. He handles a sensitive topic with Karen again. There are no cheap laughs. It feels like a Martin McDonough type film in a way, and I mean that as a compliment. I'm a huge fan of his films in Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, and Free Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And for Carmichael to remind me of him after one film is super impressive to say the least. I love his ability to balance both drama and comedy competently. It is super rare and it's proven to be Carmichael's biggest strength in his stand-up, his sitcom, and now his first film. The movie also kind of felt like like a darker Coen Brothers type of movie. Not as good as the Coens, but you could see the Coen Brothers sensibility when watching On the Count of Three. I love how Gerard Carmichael's projects all feel connected. They feel like they were made by the same person, and I love that in a creative person. It's why I love Wes Anderson. It's why I love Quentin Tarantino. You can see their sensibilities in all of their things, and the same thing can be said about Gerard Carmichael. The guy who made Rathaniel feels like he would make On the Count of Three, and that's exactly what he did. I love that about him. And I really hope he continues to blow up because the world needs 
needs more Gerard Carmichael's. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday and I highly recommend you go back and watch the work of actor Tom Hardy and check out the movie On the Count of Three. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the career of Academy Award winning actress Brie Larson and the remake of the horror film Candyman starring Yaya Abdul-Mateen Coleman Domingo directed by Nia DaCosta. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>